Marcus. Sean. <laughs> what a day. What a day. How's your trade going? Well, it's uh, it's the same trade. I've been looking at uh, the number of Bitcoin I have. It's steady as can be. I don't know. The US denominated uh, value, is it doing anything to you? No, maybe a little bit. It's We're getting pretty low, <laughs> but it's one Bitcoin is one Bitcoin. And uh, right now, uh, a we lot are of down people, yeah, 27% in June, right? 27% in June, right? So uh, for those of you listening in, this is Bitcoiner's Guide, episode 17, Plan Marcus. I'm Big Sean Harris. And uh, we, we just talk Bitcoin. This is the podcast, the show that we wish <laughs> we would have had when we first started. We're still here. We're still here. People are saying Bitcoin is dead, but it's far from dead. Yeah, so. uh, yeah it's done this before. Bitcoin's price is currently $23,000 and some change. Today, it's Monday, June 13th, 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Bitcoin's price is down about 15% in the last 24 hours, which is pretty cool. <laughs> down 15% when you denominate it in fiat in dollars. So with no further ado, we're going to get into this show today. Uh, there's a ton of news. There's so many things going on. The fundamentals of Bitcoin look amazing, and we'll get into that. The price of Bitcoin, uh, depending on what your perspective is, it looks amazing because it's a great buy. Uh, but if you if you just bought some Bitcoin recently or in the last six months, you might be pulling your hair out. Don't worry. This is something uh, that is very common for Bitcoin. And we wanted to get into that right now. So here is a little video that was brought to our attention from our good friend, MTC BTC. Uh, his meme was the sixth time with Satoshi. You know, everyone thinks that Bitcoin's dead. This video was put out. Well, it was made. I don't, I can't remember who made it, but documenting Bitcoin put the video out there. So I remember seeing this in 2017 and it really shook me up. I was like, wow. My bad. I'll edit that out. Say it again real quick. Dude, this, this video, this was one of the first memes I've seen when I, when I started coming on Twitter in like 2017 or in YouTube, somebody showed this. It was like, wow. Yeah. It made you look at the price in a different way. Hey, let's take a look in. This one time, Bitcoin went from six cents all the way to 36 cents, and then it crashed down to 21 cents. And then another time, Bitcoin went from 85 cents all the way to $29, and then it crashed to $3. And then another time, Bitcoin went all the way to $213. And then it crashed all the way to $70. And then another time, Bitcoin went all the way to $1,100. And then it crashed all the way to $239. So the moral of the story is don't buy Bitcoin because you know it's going to crash again. <laughs> don't this buy one time, Bitcoin oh, went from six cents. Go. All the way to 36 cents. I'll do some editing on that. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's it's so good. It's so good. 
and you know like he stopped at what like twelve hundred dollars yes <laughs> in the meantime you could be like and his one time bitcoin went to fourteen thousand dollars and then it crashed all the way to three thousand dollars and his other time bitcoin went from three thousand dollars all the way to sixty nine thousand dollars and then it crashed to twenty two thousand dollars so what's going to be the next high guys you know it's uh are you going to let this one go by again this is probably like the best time ever. You know, it's these, these cycles are pretty amazing too, Sean. I mean, you gotta you gotta admit, you know, like in hindsight, everything looks <laughs> looks twenty twenty, but here we are again, right? Maybe it wasn't the blow off top, but we had a big run up after the halving. Yeah. You know, then after all the exuberance, you know, like the bear market starts to set in, sentiments start to shift, people start to, you know, the, probably the smart investors first, they started to take off position. And, cascades into a lower price and more people selling off and then fear setting in more sell-offs and curve more price drops and then we have all these ponzi schemes blowing up now <laughs> yeah that weren't designed for bear markets but for uh, for bull markets so there's so much going on and the whole broader stock market oh, go ahead what's that what you got on your screen this is from spinty crusader this is just a legendary memer yeah, great meme right here. Bitcoin bear market, house on fire. Bitcoiners, we're just we're out here playing golf. Just another day. Yeah. Just another day enjoying enjoying <laughs> what's going on right now. It's like I've been, I've been getting all these DMs today, like from from people I've been orange pilling over the past few years. They're like in that burning house on the background, like screaming at me, like, "What's going on? We're in free fall, you know." And I'm just there, like, "Don't worry, it's part of it. This is fun. Enjoy it. Stack sats, you know." But yeah, it's pretty tough. It's pretty. If you haven't been through a bear market yet, this is definitely <laughs> a bear market. You can now say you've been through a bear market if you're still here. Yeah, it's true because like I, we were talking earlier. When I remember when, well, first of all, I don't have any dry powder, which sucks right now. And the same thing happened to me in in March 2020, and I started buying in like in October of 2019, and so I was doing all my buys, and then all of a sudden I didn't have any more dry powder in March of 2020, and that's when Bitcoin. I was buying it like. 10k 9k that range it was there forever and uh and it dropped like 4k and i was just so mad because i was like man i want to i wish i could buy right now at this price and so it's funny too because people so say you started buying like six months ago so you start buying at 60k and bitcoin's now at 23k but when you're buying at 60k you were like you were saying oh man, I wish I could be buying Bitcoin back at 20K or 23K. Well, here's the chance. This is the time machine that you were that you wanted. Bitcoin's on sale. This is the time to get it. Uh, like This is the buying opportunity of a lifetime right now. And most people, they're too scared or they don't have the conviction. They haven't done the work. And, you know, this is, if you, if you not only hodl through this, but you can buy a little bit and hodl through, it really makes you feel like a Bitcoiner, right? Because you hear all the stories, oh, of people holding through 2013, 2014, or through the 2018 bear market. It's like, yeah, well, these are times where, where when you look back and people will tell you, oh, you got lucky, you can remind them, uh, no, I didn't get lucky. I held through 
these huge dips and uh, where, while everyone else was scared, I was out there buying more Bitcoin. Yeah, absolutely. It's really hard to buy into these red candles for most people. You know, it's very <laughs> not, you know, like, I mean, it's proven itself over and over, right? When the green, when the candles get green really big, really fast after each other, everybody comes running into the space. Well, that's probably the time you should be most like cautious. When the candles have been red and like red like this right now, that's when you should be getting greedy. I mean, it's like old knowledge, but the psych psychology is completely different. So it's really hard to do. And it's hard to convince other people because right now you should be like, convince your friends to buy some Bitcoin now. If at any time, get them to do it now. But nobody wants to hear it now. They're just laughing at you. They're saying, are you crazy? You know, it was at 69K. It just lost like more than 60% of its value. You want me to buy this stuff? It's probably going to go to zero. <laughs> and they don't, they don't buy it at like the best opportunity either. And now 60K is going to be like, it's going to feel like nothing anymore. So they'll just all the way up to 60K, it won't, it won't make any news. People will be like, yeah, I could just drop back down to 20K again. Yeah. It'll creep up to 70K, 80K, 90K. And then everybody's going to be like, wow, oh my God. Yeah, like I got to get some. <laughs> and yes. then it might run up over 100K and then it, the, the music is going to stop again and we're going to get our following correction. Probably, unless fiat completely breaks. But, you know, yeah, we we maybe we have to eat some humble pie too, Sean. I mean, like stuff doesn't break down as fast as <laughs> as yeah. as we may keep saying they do, right? I mean, yeah, maybe the world doesn't change overnight. This is this is something that will play out over over decades. I think a lot of people say that as well. We've been saying it as well. Things happen slow and they happen fast in the Bitcoin world because. Yeah. You kind of when you buy Bitcoin, you're you're living in the future. You're living in that hyper Bitcoinized world, and so you like you see things in a different lens. You see things in in a futuristic lens, and you see life in a hyper Bitcoinized world. And so when we're not there yet, it's like oh, this is taking forever, you know, especially in times like this. But really, it is happening pretty fast. Like the, how fast it's been monetizing, you know, the way. Like, the way that in 2018, four years ago, Bitcoin's low, it went to the 3000 range. And now we're sitting at 23,000, $20,000 more. And people are, yeah. people are feeling max pain right now, <laughs> you know, yeah. and that, and that's four years. It's only four years later. It was December, 2020, like, no, like just over two, like, wait a minute. Yeah. Not even two years ago, you know, that we crossed the 24 K going on the way up and everybody was like, ecstatic Attic. you know yes. now we've got extreme fear you know like in the market there's like extreme pain and fear and people getting liquidated <laughs> like what are we talking about you know it's, it's a, a, year, a year and a half ago a year and a half yeah. ago at this same price people were throwing parties dunking on no coiners going crazy we told you so and now it's like ah oh, you know I think some people are like that, but most Bitcoiners in reality, we're still like, dude, we're up right now. It's And now it's the no coiners that are throwing the parties at this same price. So I think a lot of times we, we just, you just live, we live in a world full of normies, a world full of no coiners. It's like, you gotta, it's like, you gotta live in that world, but you're not of that world. You're of the Bitcoin world. 
Yeah, and maybe maybe to just go through a couple of things like where we are right now, right? Because a lot of people are saying this is unprecedented and this is like the worst bear market ever and, and Bitcoin yeah, is going to die and they're like screaming in my DMs. <laughs> but if we look at like a couple of key metrics, right? I mean, first of all, we're still above the all-time high of the previous cycle, which was like 19K and a bit. Um, if we look at the 200 weekly moving average, which Bitcoin has closed below, like maybe only once in 2020, mm -hmm. we are still above it right now. You know, so that like that, like if you would use like the 200 weekly moving average as like your floor model, some people would call it like that's kind of like this floor that has never been under yet. Yes, it's not. We're still not under it right now. That floor is sitting at 22,369. So yeah, we are right on it, you know, and historically those have been like the most best points to buy. Obviously, some people are like more scared and kind. They're going to be like, well, this time it's going to fall through. And when we fall through, it's going to go really deep. Well, we'll talk about it next week <laughs> and yes. the week after. But I'm, I have this strong feeling and you want to get into that, Sean, because you wanted to talk about fundamentals, right? I mean, what has really changed? My theory is that 22K, it's going to hold. We're not going to close uh, below that 22K on a weekly time frame. That's, uh, that's my call. So I'm, I'm going to call that 22K as, as the bottom. I'm going to go out on a limb. Of course, we know Bitcoin can go lower. Yes. There's a lot of macroeconomic, right? We got Fed meetings coming up on Wednesday. The, like the S&P 500 and NASDAQ are looking horrible. Yeah. There's all kinds of currencies blowing up and inflation is running hot. So... Yeah, maybe we can go lower, but I don't think so, dude. <laughs> so, yeah, like if you want to talk about fundamentals, right? First of all, you got to look at the hash rate. That's like the first thing that you have to look at when you look at Bitcoin fundamentals. Hash rate just hit a new all-time high today. As Bitcoin hits its low for the year, its price hits the low. So so the hash rate is, what is the hash rate? The hash what does rate, that tell you? The hash rate tells you how secure Bitcoin's network is, how unhackable it is, really. And it's really just the it's just the power that's used to secure Bitcoin's network. So how many miners are out there? Uh, every miner that gets put on to the Bitcoin network adds more hash power to the network. So the hash rate continues to grow as more miners get added to the network and as more miners get added and as the hash rate grows uh bitcoin becomes even more secure uh even harder to hack and so the hash rate that is bitcoin's true dominance it's the strongest computing power in strongest computing network in the world and so that is what separates bitcoin from anything else is not only is it proof of work uh, and so you can't just press a button, but it, it's proof of work and it's grown so large and so decentralized that you can't, you can't hack the network. You can't take over the network. You can't 51% attack it. So uh, Bitcoin's hash rate is at all time high. It's the most secure it's ever been. <laughs> That's number one. Number two, if you're talking about the lightning network, the lightning network, uh, which is the layer two of Bitcoin, which facilitates uh, fast uh, and cheap payments, which is what every altcoin tries to do 
and that's why they say they're better than Bitcoin. Um, but the Lightning Network does it better than any altcoin. The Lightning Network just surpassed 4,000 coins and also hit a new all-time high. So you have the hash rate at an all-time high. The second layer, which is Lightning, had an all-time high for, for coins, uh, for capacity. And we're looking at Bitcoin sitting at 23K. This is like the screaming deal of a lifetime. And just like Marcus was saying, like this could go lower. It could go to, it could go below 20K. It could go to below 19, 18. Who knows, right? It could go to 10K. Who really cares? This is why we say don't short Bitcoin. Don't trade Bitcoin. Don't sell Bitcoin. Just learn about it. And as you learn about it, then you gain more conviction. You get in that Bitcoin Zen mode. And then you can just, then you can just keep buying it up. You can buy it all the way up, buy it all the way down. And I think that's the best strategy. You know, it's, it's a self-correcting mechanism, right? It's like only openly freely traded, truly freely market traded yes. out there. And on any way down, any, anything that's losing value, but, you know, what is value that's having a sell-off, whether it's like due to panic or wider market conditions. There's always new buyers waiting for an entry point. And the lower this price goes, the more people that are sitting on the sidelines with cash, they're going to start to get nervous, right? Like, is the bottom it? They're, they're also getting nervous. Like, I don't want to be too late. So I'm pretty sure <laughs> that... People who've been looking at this, you know, from back in 2020, been hearing about it. Michael Saylor, people who've been following him, you know, maybe some of these uh, publicly traded companies, they've been watching this Michael Saylor. They're like, hey, we just want to see how this plays out for him, you know. And if this thing starts to bottom out now and starts to show signs of, of strength, you know, holding up its price, maybe even accruing in price again, then these guys are going to be like, wait a minute. Yeah, <laughs> here we see this thing doing exactly what they've been saying. We've 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 been able to study this for two years now. We've got all this cash on the side. We're we're also sitting on this melting ice cube. We don't have yes. anywhere else to put our money. You know, inflation is running hot. Our hurdle rate is like what, like ten percent, <laughs> just to just to just to break even. Uh, and then you're going to get like the reverse again, right? Then that's when people start piling up on each other again as the price starts to run away from them, and then. Yeah, the cycles just seem to repeat. I mean, we're all human. <laughs> we're all susceptible to fear and greed. And it's it's just the free market. So it's 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 gonna find this this balance somewhere, right? Price falls down too far, the the in, open interest is gonna overtake people selling. The, the the sellers are gonna run out of Bitcoin to sell, and then there's gonna be a shortage of Bitcoin. We run back up. You know, the price gets too hot. People are going to take profits, sell more, and we're going to keep doing that. And usually it should balance it out over time. But we have this thing in Bitcoin called the halving <laughs> that yeah. occurs every four years that kind of like shows a monkey wrench in like that whole balancing process. Because as the market starts to balance out and finds the price, all of a sudden the supply gets cut in half from one, you know, from one 10 minute block to the next. So it's, it's just crazily yeah. fascinating. And if you just zoom out, it's uh, it's pretty clear what's going on. But yeah, it comes, you know, going going from ten dollars to a million dollars comes with some volatility. You have yes. to be able to sit it up. <laughs> and don't forget about that having party, by the way, coming up in uh, 2024. Block height 840,000, by the way. 
Uh, you did you get the location arranged yet, John? The, the, no, I'm working on it. I'm working on a location. Uh, I'm trying actually. Not I don't think there's any secret. I'm trying to make this happen in El Salvador. I think that would be apropos for the having party. It seems like over the last four years, the best place like this having epic, the best place would be to have you know to show respect back to El Salvador. So I think that's yeah. uh, that's where I want. There's very very little discussion about whether or not that is the most deserved place to host this. I mean, if you look at it as a four year event like an Olympics, and you look yes. back at like you know maybe there will be even some other recognitions being handed out here and there, you know, for, I can imagine Michael Saylor, who's doing an incredible job yes. on educate on the education front or Corey Clipston. It would be cool to have all these people there and uh, just celebrate Bitcoin. We've Bitcoin's we've, past four years and where, what it's done. <laughs> it's just a, a lot of history in a four year period in Bitcoin. Yeah. And we've invited Michael Saylor and uh, Corey Clipston uh, to the party, but we just haven't. Yeah. And they said they would be there. So let's. Uh, they actually have confirmed they will be there. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. <laughs> so you gotta keep keep it going, uh, keep building as we get closer to the having. And uh, I'm excited for the having party. And I'm excited for the having because it's just something that uh, it's it's something that it keeps Bitcoin just the total opposite of fiat, right? Like fiat, they continually they're exponentially printing more. With Bitcoin, it's disinflationary until it's deflationary. And that's what I love about it. Um, speaking of Sailor, MicroStrategy's uh, Bitcoin holdings just hit an unrealized loss of $1 billion. Wow. Yes, people are going hard into Michael Saylor and MicroStrategy. It's, uh, it's crazy if you read the comments. Obviously, MicroStrategy stock had a massive pump during the dot-com bubble back in uh, 2001. So yeah. at the end of the 2000, the stock ran up from about like $138 all the way up to $3,094 approximately. So that is like more than a 10x <laughs> it did back then. Now, recently in 2020, the stock went from approximately $130 all the way up to $1,300 in um, early 2021. Right now, <laughs> the stock is back down at 152. <laughs> so people are already saying he's done it twice. You know, nobody's going to want to buy the stock anymore from now on. That's literally comments and people are saying, sell everything you have, you moron. Uh, he seems unswayed. What do you think? Yeah. Unfazed. Yeah, yeah I, think, I, I think he's unfazed and he's unswayed. I think he's both. I don't think he's going anywhere. He's staying right in the same trade, which is buy Bitcoin. Uh, whenever he has free cash flows, he's buying more Bitcoin. And look, I get it. I'm in the same position. I'm not a billion dollars in unrealized losses like he is. But my biggest buy was at 50K. I, I, by far, my biggest buy was at 50K. And so, yeah, like, does it hurt a little bit? It, it only hurts because it's like, oh, man, if I could have bought, if I would have just 
held on and I would have bought at 23K. But in, in all reality, I picked up a good amount of corn and that's what's good is like picking up Bitcoin when you get money. Because what would happen if Bitcoin would be $150,000 right now? It's like, okay, then I would have felt terrible because I waited on the sideline while the price ran up. So you kind of have to just get in that Bitcoin Zen mode where you're just, you're just allocating money to your saving. It's a savings technology, right? And I think that's where a lot of times we get mixed up is people, people look at Bitcoin like it's a speculative asset. But those who are Bitcoiners, we look at it as a savings asset. It's a way to save our wealth over time for a long year, a long term period. So if you look at it as savings, then you don't need to look at it as like this speculative tool. Oh, if I would have held, if I would have waited and I would have bought a little later on when the price dipped, I'd be in a better position. It's like, sure, you can do that with everything and everyone's a Monday morning quarterback. But if you're buying Bitcoin, that's what you know to be right, to continue to buy and, and to continue to hold. Yeah, and, and that you're really buying a fixed percentage of the total supply. You know, you're buying yes. one Bitcoin out of 21 million Bitcoins, or you're buying one tenth or one hundredth of a Bitcoin out of those 21 million Bitcoins. You know, it's always going to be that. You're always going to, nobody can debase you from that. If you're holding money, you hold one dollar out of whatever the number is, but in like two years time from now, <laughs> it's yeah. going to be a lot more dollars that are in existence. So that you, you just get the base. You know, if you own stocks, the company can issue more stocks. You never really know what kind of percentage of this company am I holding, right? Yeah. Uh, real estate, they can make more real estate. They can build huge towers. They can, they can build a highway around your area. Like, hey, it's, it's that's the one thing with Bitcoin, that the one guarantee is always a fixed percentage of that 21 million. And it's actually increasing as, as Bitcoins get lost. Yeah, put that next to a fiat monetary system that is just really struggling right now in every country around the globe, you know, where, where they're trying to control rates and they're going to try to control uh, inflation and, and the job markets. And all they seem to be able to resort to is just print more money. And, and kick the can down the road. So you have got this massive expanding monetary units in fiat, and you put this fixed system Bitcoin with 21 million units like right next to it, and it's digital, and it can transact peer to peer without KYC between people. And, and people are starting to get it, they're using it. Even though the price is dropping right now, more people today are using Bitcoin than a year ago, than two years ago. Every year, there's more and more Bitcoiners coming. And um, yeah. Yes. What more can I say? <laughs> Buy some frigging Bitcoin. Awesome. <laughs> While it's cheap, this is, yeah. So going back to, okay, well, why are we buying, right? <laughs> Not only, so, I mean, maybe you can even say, well, why are Bitcoins fundamentals so good? Like, why is hash rate at an all-time high? Why is lightning capacity at an all-time high? Uh, why do these things keep growing? Uh, one of the reasons is the U.S. inflation, the CPI just came out. Consumer price index just rose to 8.6%, a 40-year high in the United States, right? Um, Can I ask something about that, Sean? 
when it, yes. when it says like that 8%, right? Is that like, um, so that's the CPI over the last month, which was May, correct? Uh, no, over the, last, then, over the last year. So is the last, but what are they comparing? Are you comparing May of this year against May last year? Or over are we the, taking the average of the last 12 months and comparing that to, to what? It's the it's the last 12 months so every every month they'll measure cpi over the last 12 months over the last year so that's why it's you know uh i don't know how to explain other than that right it's just that's how they measure it so if you have they always say like may but may annually right Okay, let's say the CPI only consists of like, uh, uh, let's say a can of Coca-Cola, right? Yes. So let's say one can of Coca-Cola was $1 in May of last year, right? Huh. And then one month later last year, so June, 2021, that same can of Coke was like a dollar and one cents, right? So that's 1% inflation yes. in that one month period, right? Was that so from, when, wait, did you say from last May to this May? You were saying? No, that was just last May to last June. So okay. one okay. month further. One month further, 1% price change upward. Yes. And let's say it does 1% every month, then a year later, it'll be $1.12, right? That cocoa, that kind of cocoa. Okay. Or, yeah. Yes, I guess. So then, if that's been, if that's how we calculate it, then the average would be, you know, a lot lower. Anyway, I'm getting too much into the nitty gritty. I'll I'll Google it and I'll come back next year, <laughs> next weekend, next year. <laughs> you guys update. <laughs> no, yeah. So if it if it gains twelve, if if it was a dollar and it gained twelve cents over a year's time, then that would be twelve percent inflation, right? But yeah. So and I can basically compare May this year to May last year. And, yes. and that's it. That'll just be two monthly points. But that might be a lot more volatile as one single month could be volatile for whatever reason. So don't they like average it out? That's what I was wondering. But don't worry. I'll, uh... Well, that's why, that's why every month they come out with what, the, what it's been over the last year, right? Because every month, if there is a big jump, then you'll, you'll see it in that from this month to next month, right? Like if, because right now we're sitting at 8.6%. And then if next month it comes out and we're at, we're at 11% inflation, then we'll go, wow, in this one month of, of June, it, there's been a bunch of inflation because we were at 8.6% for the last 12 months. And all of a sudden we shot up to 11% for the last 12 months after just one yeah. month, you know? So I think that's, yeah. so it just is the trailing, it's the trailing 12 months and every month there's a new report that comes out. So yeah. that's how, that's how it's looked at. Um, but either way, we're sitting at a 40 year high, obviously CPI, it's a lie. We call it inflation. It's not true inflation. It's the official numbers. The official numbers are much lower. They're manipulated lower. Uh, we all know that. But what can't be as manipulated 
our U.S. gas prices, which hit also hit a new high. So we're like we're talking about everything right now. Is you know CPI forty year high, gas prices in the U.S. hit a new high, five dollars a gallon. Uh, you you have all these things. Bitcoin's hash rate all time high, but its price is sitting at a low. You know what else? Uh, oh, one other thing too. Before you know, we can get into this. Is Bitcoin miners? This is all in the last week. This is what's crazy about how Bitcoin's price is so low. And, we, and we'll talk about maybe it's getting manipulated down. Maybe there's some wells that are trying to cause liquidations. But Bitcoin miners are helping Texas tackle the heat wave. This was literally last week, and. Basically, what happened um, is that according to a report from Fox Business on Thursday, Bitcoin miners are aiding in stabilizing the Texas power grid. Um, and yep. and that's it's funny how we talked about it earlier that they're doing that in the winter, right? When they yes. need more power. And now in the summer, <laughs> it's been proven useful again. That's crazy. It's going to. Yeah. It's, it is, and this is all just happening in the last few years that the, that people are starting to understand it and actually bring it into real life practice, right? So this is just like happening in a niche somewhere in Texas, but energy companies around the world are going to be looking at this. These, these are huge deals, you know. We're talking about like grid stability and energy at a nation state. That's um, that's a big deal. Yeah, yeah. In the words of Brandon Quinnum, Bitcoin mining is everything you don't know about Bitcoin combined with everything that you don't know about energy. And so there's, it's a very deep topic, uh, maybe too deep for this, but we definitely would say uh, to, to go, oh. go ahead and, and read some articles about Bitcoin mining, uh, take that, that, that deep dive down energy. Um, energy historically, as, as, humanity as we've been able to upgrade in humanity we've always uh upgraded and used more energy that's just something that's always happened and so energy as of late has gotten this this stigma that if you use too much energy uh then you're you're harming the planet you're harming humanity's chance on this planet but we failed it is false yeah, which which isn't necessarily true. Not all energy is created the same. You've got fossil fuels, you know. You've got um, stranded energy. You've got wind energy. You've got solar. You've got heat from volcanoes or from thermal sites like in Iceland under the ground. You know, could be anything. Not even emitting any kind of CO two or carbon. You know, we've got nuclear, which is actually very clean. You know, people. Obviously, it has other downsides, but you know, it's, um, so not all energy is the same. So energy doesn't equate to CO two or doesn't equate to global warming per se, right? Yeah. And then you've got like grid stability, which is really important for for a nation, right? You don't want people to be sitting out in the cold without power or not being able to heat their house. The same, like you don't want people to get like heat strokes when there's like a, a massive heat wave coming over your uh, your state or your country you want people to be able to have power to cool their homes and their hospitals and all that stuff so 
when the power grid demands a lot of energy to deal with these kind of extreme situation, yes. that's when these power grids run into trouble because they, they're designed to try and deliver this, this, this normal amount of energy. But in these like peak conditions of extreme cold or extreme heat, the energy grid is, you know, has a lot more demand put on it. And then sometimes, you know, like these energy companies have to make hard decisions about like throttling down or putting people on like quotas or not, you know, asking them to use less energy or maybe even shut down some areas, leaving people without power, which you really don't want. And why do they do that? Because if you build an energy grid that can always deliver enough power, right, you're going to like over over invest in your energy grid like then you've yes. got like all this power being able to be produced but you're only using like 50 percent of it most of the time of the year you know and that's the not stranded it's very hard yeah it's very yes. hard to get funding for that because this is like expensive capital intensive project and you and now however if yeah. you do do it now you've always have a buyer who's willing to buy that energy from you at, at, least, at like minimal cost, which is the Bitcoin miners. Exactly. And they'll even agree with you that they'll power down during those extreme weeks so that you have this stable grid, high performance grid for like your entire country. What is there not to love about this, right? I mean, most people still don't get it even after I try to explain it as simple as this, but it's, <laughs> it's huge. It's huge. It's so bullish. Yeah, because yeah. most people don't study, okay, uh, you know, if you're talking about like supplying energy to a city, yeah, the you have to, the, they have to be ready for every extreme condition, whether it's extreme heat or extreme cold. And so you have to be able to produce enough energy for those most extreme times in the middle of winter and the middle of summer in August. And if you aren't ready for that, well, then when you need that, then, then people just won't get power exactly what you're saying like that's that's what's amazing about bitcoin miners is that bitcoin miners can use that energy when it's when it's not being used for those peak times which is rarely ever being used for those peak times and so and 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 the units are like perfectly scalable fully transportable you can literally just like pull out the plug and put them somewhere else you know like they're they're tiny and you can plug in as many in series as you want, you know, depending on like the power output or, or requirements you have. It's wow. Yeah, I, honestly, I don't think Satoshi could have ever foreseen like this impact. You know how far how this is gonna. These are like second order effects of like huge magnitude. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Satoshi could have seen this either. Could have foreseen this, and it's it. What's crazy too is how. You know, you have the ESG people saying that that Bitcoin needs to change the code or all this other stuff when it's like one tenth of one percent of total power used in the world. When back in 2017, the left came out with an article saying that by 2020, Bitcoin would use up all of the energy of the whole world. And it's not even close to that, not even anywhere close to that. Uh, but what's interesting is just what we we're saying is in throughout history, as to as humans have been able to advance in technology, we've also expended energy and expended more energy. And so to tell humans to tell us to stop expending energy is almost like telling us to go back in time and to stop using technology. I think just the opposite, we should be looking at ways to to 
find cheaper energy to find more renewable energy that's that's actual that will actually work so maybe even to and to produce a lot of new energy that's clean and and you know durable and friendly etc yeah like nuclear energy i think would be i think if you don't talk about nuclear energy energy you're not serious about esg in my opinion and uh and so and then finally who's to tell who what they can spend energy on or not spend energy on right like who's to say that putting christmas lights up isn't harmful it, for it for is so hypocritical it's like the, all these people who are screaming this loudest you know like they yeah. probably all have like two cars per family home they all go on like on like vacations fly all across the world you know they order stuff off of amazon and then send it back when it's one size too small you know they have a delivery truck pull up for like one package and then send it back and then they want to tell you oh yeah bitcoin which is from any industry you compare it with uses the highest percentage of renewable energies they want to say that the bitcoin industry is boiling the oceans yeah right to me it's a complete non-discussion but yeah. you know un uh, unfortunately the fudsters have twisted the narrative so much you know with this guy uh, the 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 dg economist you know this dutch guy working for the dutch central bank constantly spreading this this complete false narrative and like it's not been peer reviewed and all these news sources from around the globe all these mainstream media they all pile on they don't know how fast to take his next article that comes out to you know to spread the fud from the central banks you'd almost yeah. think they're uh, <laughs> they were told to do so yeah and it mean, isn't the case but it's like what about people who watch the kardashians are we not gonna like that's not necessary or what about people who watch porn that's not like you stream porn, you stream the Kardashians, you stream YouTube, you like this video, right? Who's to say that this is healthy or not healthy? Like who is the, the all seeing, all knowing eye out there that can tell us what we can and cannot stream, what we can and cannot expend energy on? Can we use a refrigerator? There, there is none, right? Yeah. And so it's like, there is and these things, like, that can push humanity forward like Bitcoin can, uh, then you have these economists who don't understand what Bitcoin is. And so then they say, oh, it's a waste of energy because they don't understand the full output of it. Think about the internet, right? Like people were, were saying these things about the internet too. Oh, it's expending too much energy. Would people still say that about the internet nowadays? Like, look at what the internet has been able to accomplish and the good for the world that it can do yeah it's a tool and the tool can be used in multiple ways but who's to say what's good and what's bad you know i think that's that's the 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 final point of all that yeah so if you you know like the the big or what we didn't cover yet is these 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 different ponzi's and like the cells network um, you know we've already had luna i'm sure we covered that in yeah. <laughs> the previous shows luna was i guess the first algorithmic stable coin that uh, that collapsed some recent news has come out you you were saying about do kwan you had some numbers on it so do kwan is the the founder of the terra luna stable coin yep yeah and he look at this number guys 2.7 billion us dollars a lot of people get lost in big numbers, right? Like most people seem to have some idea that like if you have a million bucks or like maybe five or 10 million bucks, you're pretty rich. 
right? But the difference between five and $10 million and a billion yes. is roughly a billion dollars. I mean, <laughs> it's just like, you know, if you have like, if you have like a thousand dollars or a million, or you have $3,000 or a million, right? You could just be like, forget the $3,000, just give me the million. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a rounding error. This guy yes. has took, taken out allegedly, you know, like obviously he's like innocent until proven guilty, but there's a lot of smoke coming from this house, right? And people are saying he took 2.7 billion US dollars from this project. You know, and Mike Novogratz was in this uh, with him he got this massive tattoo. It's making a lot more sense to me right now why you would get a tattoo, right? Because 2.7 billion, that's some life-changing money for you right there. Yeah. And it collapsed just weeks after. I mean, if this isn't like, uh, this guy's going to be in a lot of trouble, I hope. I mean, this is, you know, at best, highly unethical. <laughs> at worst, just outright criminal and uh, deserves a lot of jail time, in my opinion. Yeah, this, this is... The 2.7 billion. Yeah. And he says it's false. We'll be able, it'll be able to be found out if he did it or not. There's a lot of uh, transparency. So uh, hopefully they get to the bottom of this. Uh, either way, dude was cashing out a lot of money and giving it to those people, right? Like Rao Pao, Mike Novogratz, all these dudes who we thought we could trust at one point about Bitcoin. And uh, then we realized that they were just these crypto salespeople who were trying so, to use us as exit liquidity. Yeah, you got to imagine, right? These guys are really smart guys. Some of these guys they work with are really, really smart guys. And they're, they're looking at this market. They're like, if Bitcoin goes on our bull run, there's going to be something like 300 million people coming into crypto looking for an investment opportunity. And they're all going to be like, uh, Bitcoin is the old boomer coin. It's never going to do another 100x from here. You've got people wanting to invest $20, $100, $1,000 into anything that you throw at them, right? This is like the lip licking candy store that you wish you <laughs> could have gotten. And there's probably people preparing again for the next bull run, right? Like, oh my God, it's going to do it again. And Sean, my prediction is we're going to see everything that's happening right now. We're going to see it play out again in in, over the next two to four years, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And these guys, they, they know they can make a billion. So, right, what's, what's like a 40 million investment if you can make a billion? That's nothing. Right. So these guys come in with the big bucks for the best marketing, the most thought out, you know, like uh, technical bloody blah of some new blockchain that's algorithmically stable coin and we're going to reapplicate this and then we're going to do like a super utility token with this and going to do nfts and we're going to put a marketing team and we're going to get like these 200 twitter trolls to just you know attack and spread the narrative and we're going to do a lot of youtube and we're going to do podcast visits with influencers and then we've got people like mike novogratz shilling this and people like anthony pompliano and people like uh, i don't need to name a bunch of names you know but all these influencers know exactly who they are and what they were accepting. And they knew this was, this was at best like unethical or had a funny smell to it, right? Yeah. But they just get paid. They do it anyway. When we called them out 
they say, oh, you Bitcoin maximalists, you know, like there's more to Bitcoin and you got to be open minded, you know, and not everything is a scam and it's perfectly normal to get 40% APY per year. You know, that's <laughs> how banks used to do it. And it's basically risk free. Tell yeah. your grandmother to put like her $10,000 in there too. And now they don't. They don't. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Bitcoin doesn't have a marketing team with, with millions or billions of dollars. It's just plebs and people like Michael Saylor and everything in between that are just saying to everybody, look, this is the real deal. This thing is completely decentralized. Nobody controls it. It's a fixed protocol. It might be boring. That's how it was designed to be. And all you need to do is just get your fair share. You know, it's a free and openly traded market. So it moves. Yeah, people can dump on you. People can, you know, but the game theory is just correct. You're, it's not a Ponzi where like people are being paid out by new entrants. No, you decide when you go in, you decide when you go out. It's perfectly open. It's, you know, there's no payments that you didn't expect, you know, because what a typical Ponzi does is, you know, they'll say, uh, we promise you 40%. So put in $100, we'll give yeah. you $40 every year. Where does that $40 come from? Well, they say that's because we lend out your hundred dollars and we we have this artificial intelligence or this bot that does like super trading, right? It knows all the winning moves. On it. Yeah. Yeah. And and we're gonna use your money to make some extra money. Well, trust me, if they figured out a bot or an artificial intelligence that can do that kind of trading, they don't need your money. money. No, the only reason they need your money <laughs> is because it's very hard to get like your own money. And they need to steal yours and you're going to lose it because it's even in like your terms and conditions. Well, the market turns down and yeah, we don't have it anymore. We can seize your Bitcoin. So that's why, that's why do these not. Companies... Sorry, go yeah, ahead. Go ahead, Sean. Take it away. Take it away. I was just going to say, just do not get like, uh, uh, like um, seduced. I don't know what the right English word is, right? To get that's... to be seduced by these guys saying 6%, 10%, 20% per year. Yeah. You're like, oh, this is too. And then you've got like these influencers that like have millions of viewers or subscribers, and they'll tell you, no, no, no this is basically risk free. You know, like it's perfectly, this is the new. <laughs> and risk. yeah, they don't look at fundamentals, and you take yeah. way too many risks. You don't want to like lose risk losing your Bitcoin for 6% per year. Bitcoin on average does like what 75 to like 200% per year. So, yeah. Why would you take on that risk for an extra six percent? Yeah, and and that's the thing is these people that they'll they'll create their own token, and then list their own token on top of all this stuff, right? So they'll create this algorithmic thing like Celsius did, the, oh, and, or Luna did with they had a stable coin plus the Luna token. So it's like they're all the and that's where they try to get you is oh we're gonna create our own token on top of all this stuff their own coin and so it's it's all just a bunch of bs and uh what i think could be different as we're heading into a new cycle over the next two years or so is that in 2017 you you didn't have as like the icos in 2017 showed the bitcoiners back then like who got burned or who saw people get burned like wow uh, I'm going to be Bitcoin only because Bitcoin is the only thing that has a true solution to central banking inflation. And the other things are all these scams by the founders. 
And I think now in this epic, right? People had seen it once. It's like, fool me once, shame on you. Now you're seeing it again, fool me twice, shame on me. People got, people got scammed in this round. But you're just getting more and more Bitcoiners that are Bitcoin only as these times roll on where, you know, back in those days, back in 2017, I couldn't really find too many Bitcoin only stuff. And, and I know that, you know, Pierre Richard was out there and Bitstein was out there, but, but, you know, even like, it was a lot harder to find Bitcoin only stuff. Nowadays, you can, there's a lot of places to find Bitcoin only. You didn't have a Michael Saylor out there, you know, in, in, uh, on YouTube saying, you know, there's no second best. You didn't have that back then. Now you do. Right. You didn't have And also because it because it was so new, we didn't know like all these altcoins or ICOs were going up really fast against Bitcoin. Yes. And this was like the first time and it was new, so it was very uncertain, you know, like how it would end at least a, with a lot more uncertainty than than this time around. Even though like we've seen it now like the downturn in 2018 and 2019 we were warning people very hard do not shitcoin you know yes some didn't listen and now they're getting wrecked but yeah like you said now a third time <laughs> it's gonna be increasingly harder to find new suckers to to, to buy into this stuff however sean <laughs> we're there still will always, early there will, there will always be suckers i can i can still harder. see like at least like one or two rounds of more suckers falling for this stuff yeah it's good that and we I, have I even like yeah. uh, like a cory clipston right he's got a lot of followers on twitter you got sailor who's got a lot of followers out there you got even naibu kele a president he's bitcoin only like you have a lot of people now that have some influence that are Bitcoin only, and you're getting more and more people that are understanding it, you know, and, and then you have people like us that will go out and we tell our friends, you know, there is no second best. There is no second coin. This isn't something you diversify into. This is something you concentrate into and you understand. And so I think like that's what people are starting to get. Like if you get enough touch points, then you realize, okay, Maybe this is the real thing. You know, you got Lynn Alden's out there writing articles about uh, how Bitcoin, what Bitcoin can do, and then also writing about how Ethereum is is not something that she would invest in and why. And then she layer, you know, just layers out point by point by point what's wrong with Ethereum, which is supposedly the second best, and there is no second best. So I think that's I think all these but the merge. What happened to the merge and the flipping? And the splurge and the verge. <laughs> okay, one last thing before we go. I want I thought this was I thought this was really cool. Uh there hasn't been a ton about it yet, but Jack Dorsey and Jay-Z, they have a Bitcoin Academy to teach financial literacy to residents of Brooklyn Housing Project. Uh Awesome. I think it's really cool, right? The Twitter co-founder and block CEO Jack Dorsey and rapper Sean, great name, spelled wrong, Jay-Z Carter <laughs> are teaming up to launch the Bitcoin Academy, an educational program designed to teach participants about financial literacy uh, and Bitcoin. So I just think that's super cool because the way that more people will end up buying Bitcoin and using Bitcoin 
to become financially self-reliant is by first getting educated about it. And I think is Jay is Jay Z is Jay Z a real Bitcoiner? No, not yet. I don't think so. He's close with Jack Dorsey, and Jack Dorsey's a real Bitcoiner. But I think Jay Z is still on the edge. He hasn't really come out. And <laughs> he said, seems like somebody that would be like NFT. Yes, <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me either. I haven't I haven't heard him come out and say like Bitcoin only, no NFTs, no altcoins. But I think like he's talked a lot with Jack Dorsey, and I think he's and he's a smart dude. Jay Z is a really smart dude. So I think he might be able to understand it. I think it's hard. It's amazing that you get people like a Jack Dorsey or like a Michael Saylor that have a lot of money and that are still Bitcoin only. It actually goes to show how much character they have because, because you have these other guys like the Novogratz and Rob Powell's of the world who, who understand some, but then they're just willing to take the knowledge that they have to dump on retail and i think that's really cool about like a, a jack dorsey and a sailor and and yeah we got to slay our heroes maybe we'll have to end up slaying jack dorsey and michael sailor one day but for now um they're doing the right thing so you got to also give people props and credit for doing the right thing you should give people credit for that absolutely absolutely and you know what we focus way too much on you know the footsters throwing their foot our way and the shit coiners trying to steal the shine of bitcoin or switch yeah. the narrative we spend way too much yeah. time defending while there's like so much positive and hope being created by bitcoin you know the fact that these guys it relates so much because i think you as well you know like we Bitcoin is we all see how this Bitcoin thing is going to like has so much potential to change the world for the better at like a yeah. hundred thousand levels. Right. So you want to get your family and you want to tell your friends about it from it's like this gift that you can pass on. Like, wow, check this out, you know, like get on board and we can all build this new and people see how big it is, the potential. So it gets all these Bitcoiners to just start making podcasts, start starting these projects you know like wanting to donate to like el salvador and that's yeah, pretty amazing so um that that to me is a very bullish and uh, hopeful <laughs> hopeful sign right there so thanks for bringing that up sean yeah yeah great well i think that does it for uh this episode of bitcoiners guide um just as a reminder uh this week we have Will Reeves. He joins the Meme Factory podcast this Thursday at 7.30 p.m. live on this same YouTube channel. Uh, he is the creator of the Fold, uh, Fold app, Full Card. Don't miss this episode. It's going to be great. Uh, and then also remember what you see here, what you hear here, when you leave here, don't just let it stay here. Please share, like, subscribe. Give us a comment. Give us some feedback. We love hearing from everybody. It's We really do enjoy it. Um, and as for Bitcoiners Guide. Stack some sets. Get them while they're cheap. Get, get, these, get this cheap. This is buying opportunity of a lifetime. As for Bitcoiners Guide, episode 17. For Plan Marcus, Big Sean Harris. We're over now. Peace. Stay safe.